Happy Saturday, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Adelita Grijalva, and I'm joined by Mayor Regina Romero. And our plática today is going to be Pima County and the city of Tucson and our response to COVID. And we're going to talk about some other stuff, too. I have to tell you, Regina, we've started this, you know, during the campaign and just to give updates on what's going on and what's affecting our community. And you've been a part of one or two before. But this one where it's just the two of us, I really felt like I had to do a little bit of homework in trying to keep myself on task because we could very easily devolve into just ch chatting about a lot of other stuff. <laughs> very, very fun. Our normal conversations on the phone are about an hour or an hour and a half. And so I thought, oh my gosh, we only have an hour and we have a lot of information to go over. And so the first thing I really want to say is I want to thank you so much. I know you're super duper busy. And um, I appreciate very much you being here. There, your first year in office, to get into office, you had a pretty serious primary. It was crazy trying to get into office. And then shortly after, several months, like three months, then we start talking about what is COVID? Mm -hmm. Shutting the whole city down. Mm -hmm. um, Talking about economic development, sending everyone home. I think the city was incredibly responsive in taking a very strong leadership role in like, you got, if you don't have to be in this office, you go home. And that was something that I thought was very important and really sort of set the tone. A lot of the decisions that you and um, your fellow council members made very early on in this pandemic really set the tone for what other organizations should be doing making sure that you're not causing a spread, encouraging people to telecommute. That I thought was very powerful. And then we started having protests in the middle of a pandemic because Black Lives Matter. Yes. And so there was a, in the middle of all of that, you're trying to keep a community safe, appreciating that people have to protest. And so your first year in office, and now we're dealing with economic recovery and vaccine rollout and testing. I mean, so, this first year has been, I don't know any other mayor that I that I personally, especially not in Tucson, that has had to deal with the kind of stuff that you're dealing with. So how, how are you feeling now, looking back at the last, you know, what is it, 14 months in office? How are you feeling about how things are going for you and um, the mayor's office? Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you so much for inviting me. I um, I know we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to inform uh, the community. I love that you do these platicas. Uh, I've loved them since you started campaigning. It's a wonderful way of communicating with the community. So muchísimas gracias. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I, I just to answer your question, it's been a roller coaster. It's been like, uh, it felt like a minute in terms of time because I remember, I mean, when we first were inaugurated in December of 2019 and then we walked in, we had just torn out the carpets when the whole COVID stuff started happening. And so, um, we had to leave, we had to react and leave. The good thing is that, you know, in terms of public health and my team, um, I have a really, really strong team that, that um, we did our legwork, we did our research in terms of the, the CDC recommendations and public health experts and what they were recommending. And so for me, it was important that we act quickly. And I remember um, we started hearing about COVID-19 in December. And we felt in December that it was like over there, it was going to stay in China. It was something that we didn't have to worry about. But I remember very distinctively having a conversation with my chief of staff after Las Adelitas uh, Posada that we attended. And I remember her and I saying, we have to start thinking about it coming to the United States and how we need to react. And then it kind of went away until it came to the United States. And we were, we acted really fast in terms of um, 
what the mitigation strategies would be. And the good thing is that our city manager, our city attorney, um, and my team really sat around the table. We looked at what the CDC and other public health experts were saying, and we acted really, really quickly. I mean, we came out with our emergency declaration three days before the governor did. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we encourage, I, I encourage my uh, city manager, Mr. Uh, Mike Ortega, to go online, to deliver the city services online as much as we possibly could. And then, and you know, at the time, I remember it was the night before St. Patty's Day that we sat down all day long with the city attorney, the city manager, and my team, and we talked about what is it that we're going to do because tomorrow, St. Patty's Day, people are going to want to gather. Yep. And, and we called our emergency declaration at 5 p.m. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we were you were not a popular with a lot of businesses that were really looking forward to having a big turnout. Um, but I do think that it's been, I mean, the one thing that I have been so proud of is the fact that you've been ahead of the curve working with other mayors to say this is not where we need to go, trying to push other municipalities to do the same thing. And I think that what I was really happy about with yesterday's meeting, by the way, I can't find anyone who can recall when we've ever had a joint meeting with the city of Tucson and the board of supervisors. So people just kept saying decades, but I wonder, I wonder <laughs> when, if, if we've ever had one, <laughs> because, you know, historically our two organizations don't work that well together. And I think that this is a really important turning point for Pima County and the city of Tucson, because we have to work together to deal with all of the problems and overcome these challenges because there isn't like an infinite supply of funds and infinite supply of resources that we can just continue to do to work independently and in little silos. I mean, more than ever, our community needs leadership to work together. And, um, and that's why our very first meeting at Board of Supervisors, my very first one, this was the item that I put on the agenda and I was hoping that we would get support. And it was unanimous support to have this multi-jurisdictional meeting. And it took, I think, a little bit too long to get on the agenda because timing, is like, it's crucial for us to start working together right now. So how do you think that meeting went? Because, you know, in the time that we've had, a year ago, we didn't have one case in Pima County. And now here we are with, I mean, the numbers are really staggering and pretty tragic on, you know, we've had 108,090 cases, positive cases in Pima County. And total COVID deaths at our community have been 2,146. And the number continues to increase. So we've tested so many, we've tested, I mean, the numbers are pretty staggering and I think that we're doing a good job as a, as a, a community, but how do you think we're doing? Well, thank you so much, Adelita, for helping me uh, pitch the idea of having a joint meeting between the Board of Supervisors and uh, the Tucson Mayor and Council. Uh, we, we, when you first got elected, we talked about We were talking about that in November, like we need to do something to work yes, together. It's so exciting to be able to have kind of like a semi-new mayor and three new members of the Board of Supervisors that bring new ideas and a different way of looking at, at things and, and, and the partnership of how, um, of how we can work together to make the lives of art Mutual constituents, <laughs> because a Tucson resident is a Pima County resident, right? And so um, it's so important, especially with, with COVID and testing and vaccination rollout. The conversation and the joint meeting yesterday, I thought went beautifully. Um, mm -hmm. It was, you know, I, 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 uh, I didn't know. I, I went in there uh, saying, well, let's talk about it. I, I really didn't know we were going to make um, 
any votes or anything like that. And regarding the curfew, you know, I, I just reacted right then and there in terms of the amicus brief, um, the city of Tucson supporting Pima County on their on their challenge. Uh, yeah, and let me just tell people what that is. So what that means is that Pima County now is in court fighting for the right to be able to have a curfew. And it was thrown out as that was not part of the charter and not part of what Pima County could do. So right now there is no curfew. And for the city of Tucson to join together and do a vote fairly quickly, I mean, it was unanimous that you're going to send a letter to the courts in support of Pima County having to have a curfew. I think that that's wonderful. Yes. Really yes. I was really happy. Um, and, and that's the good stuff that comes out when you have two jurisdictions and their elected officials sit down and really come together um, with, with the thought of how do we help each other? How do we do things together in partnership for the benefit of the community? And so for me, being able to have the mayor and council support unanimously an amicus brief, a, a letter of support at, in the courts in defense of our Pima County Health Department and um, the, uh, the responsibilities that that health department has to protect our community was really important. So that was just one of many, you know, the, the, the partnership between the city of Tucson with this new board and with our mayor and council with this new mayor has been really good. We've always, and my council colleagues have, have been very supportive of the city of Tucson putting CARES money, federal funds into testing so that mm -hmm. we can help with that load. We put millions and millions of dollars of CARES funds to test our community. We put millions of dollars into um, into helping make the vaccination rollout at the Tucson Convention Center a reality. It's been great. That, that really, you guys have done a wonderful job. That's her, that's her responsibility. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, to continuing that partnership for the benefit of, of our mutual residents. So Dr. Lisa Sultani, who's our fellow mariachi mama, She's the Milagro mom too. Um, our girls are in mariachi together and so is Lisa, or Lisa's boys. She said, when mamas run the city, of course you care about everyone else's kids too. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Sultani. And I just want to, on that note, I wanted to uh, take a, um, this time to thank you, uh, Supervisor Grijalva, for your commitment. Uh, and investment, $10 million investment into preschool and childcare in the city of Tucson and Pima County. That, I mean, that mama's thing is so important, that investment, that $10 million investment that you, um, that you voted on is so important for the benefit of working mommies in, in our, in our community. And it's going to help benefit so many children. And, you know, what I heard overwhelmingly from preschool teachers and kindergarten and other parents is like, you can clearly see the difference with a child that has had an opportunity for a quality preschool program and those that have not. I mean, some children are coming to school without knowing how to open a book, how to hold a pencil. I mean, and, and so I think that it's so important for us to do that investment early. And um, there was some argument, a little bit of pushback with, you know, this isn't really the charge of Pima County. And so I argued, oh, I absolutely think that it is the state's responsibility to pay for preschool, but our charge in Pima County is law enforcement and safety, public health, um, economic development, and preschool helps with all of those things. And so it's not just the baby in the classroom that we're supporting, that three, four or five-year-old, it's going to be the entire family. And, and education is the door. It is the win. It is you open that opportunity, and it is the it's the way out of poverty, cyclical poverty. Education and public education is it. So yep. I'm very happy I was able to support. I've always maintained that that um, quality education uh, from pre-K to 20 is a, a very important piece of the economic development puzzle. 
And so um, for far too long here in Arizona, Arizona is the fifth poorest state in the country. And we have here in Tucson and Pima County, we have a very high percent percentage of poverty. I feel that it is time for us to really take a look at, at the root of the poverty problem in Pima County and the city of Tucson and start investing there. Um, and so there's a lot of research that shows that investing in preschool is an anti-poverty program. And Absolutely. so I want to take the moment right now to announce to our community, this is like breaking news in your platica, that um, you and I and Rex have had a conversation about this preschool program. And my intention has always been to bring my colleagues on the council and I and put a little bit of skin in the game. And so I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that I've submitted a memo to the city manager and my colleagues on the council that the city of Tucson invest a million dollars into the Excellent. program. Excellent. <laughs> and, um, work with Pima County to hand in hand, create this program for the benefit of our residents. It really does help working mommies. It helps working families. It is, a, and now in the pandemic, now in the pandemic, yes. I don't know if you've seen the headlines that women have, have uh, we've, we've uh, borne the brunt of uh, of leaving our careers because uh, because of the pandemic, right? And we feel mm -hmm. the responsibility to stay home and take care of our babies. You know, as we were talking before we jumped into the into the program, that I've been a mayor in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm also cafeteria lady, and I'm also hall monitor, <laughs> and I'm also you know taking care of my baby. You're here. you're also the administrator. And the teacher's aide and the nurse. Yeah, I know yeah. that I, you know, when people say like, like working from home is a challenge. I, I having just been elected, I mean, it was a challenge before it's significantly more because you're trying to like have meetings, keep everything relatively quiet because rarely do we get an opportunity to just sit and listen. It's normally not a training. It's n normally an exchange. Yeah. And so I can't tell you how many times I put on mute and talk through my smiling teeth going, be quiet. <laughs> it's like, you must be quiet, child. <laughs> Don't walk in right away. But you have to balance it because if there's a, if there is in their lives, what they need from you is just as urgent as what pe everybody else does. And, you know, there has to be our priority. So and, and so, um, so this program that that you've uh, created and I mean ten million dollar investment is incredible and you know thank you so much because it's gonna make the life of many working mommies and working families uh, so much better and so I know that we will see I know we'll see I know we'll see the return on investment in this. But I mean, Absolutely. even Vice President um, uh, Harris has talked about how hard the pandemic has hit women and people of color and um, and low income communities. And so that's that is something that we all knew the disparities um, that remained in our society. But this pandemic has put like a huge light on all of the issues that um, the disparity issues that we knew existed, but weren't mm -hmm. so, you know, it, they were not highlighted as much. So no. Well, and also if we look at people of color, specifically in our communities, the hardest hit are people of color, people that are living in 85706, 13, and 14-zip codes, which are all District 5, and we cross over into District 2, into South Tucson. Um, our communities are the hardest hit, and they are the least represented in the population that are getting vaccines. So what I was really happy about and happy to see that the first pop-up for Pima County 
happened at the church that I got my first communion at, St. John's, which is right around the corner. Um, that was the church that my nana and tata and my dad, everyone, that's our, that's our house, that's our home church, right? Um, that 511 people with the church and that community reaching out to their parishioners, 511 people, all the vast majority over 75, the vast majority Latino. And that to me, it's, it's that connection with an institution, either it's school or it's your church or it's your doctor's office. You know, I've had a couple interviews about why is it that people of color are not accessing or getting vaccinated? And really, it's because we put so many barriers in front of people. Yes. So do you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, because this question was posed to me. Why is it that so few people of color are getting vaccinated? Yeah, well, um, I think that it's it's uh, very similar in terms of like access to um, to school, right? When we had to leave school in a second and had to keep our, our kids home, it was the access to internet, access to laptops, and the access to our parents that maybe were monolingual Spanish speaking that couldn't navigate the system um, quick enough. The same thing is happening with the with the rollout of the vaccines. Uh, congratulations. I was very, very happy to hear that you had that pop-up at St. John's um, and taking, taking the vaccine to the communities of color um, are really, really important. Mm -hmm. And so it's that access. I mean, I was, I was having problems to schedule my mom who's 88 and has skin cancer an appointment to get her vaccine. I was having problems. It, just imagine a 75-year-old monolingual Spanish speaker that doesn't have access to the internet. No, you know? I, it, it was so funny because um, I was I was being interviewed by Bud Foster, and he said, "Well, for multi-generational households, you know, if the if the older person there, you know, you can just take, can't you just take them to go get the vaccine?" And I said. I don't know what multi-generational households you know, but in my family, my Nana ran every household in our house, not just the one she lived in, all of them. And so if it wasn't a friend told her that it was gonna be okay, her doctor told her it was okay, my tia's an RN and it wouldn't matter because she, you make the decision based on what you've heard and communities of color historically have been the guinea pigs for a yeah. lot of vaccines and medicines and different kinds of treatments that weren't ready for a full rollout. And, and I know a lot of people who are very reluctant yes. to get that yes. vaccine. And so trying to explain to people that this process is not easy. And, and unfortunately that I think it is set up to be advantageous to some communities versus others, because it's like me first, me first kind of mentality, but there are many lines like people keep saying, well, I'm just going to wait my turn in line. The lines are all over the place. You have one in Maricopa, you have one at Kroger, you're going to have one at Walgreens, you have one at, through Pima, I mean, Pima County. I mean, there's seven or eight different lines. And so if you have the opportunity to get the vaccine, I encourage everyone to get it. Well, Avenita, yes, absolutely. I, I, and one of the items that, that before we move on, one of the items that concerned me a lot when I saw the, the problems, the issues of me trying to connect to the MyChart system mm -hmm. um, was that it was asking for Social Security. Yes. And it wouldn't let you move forward without plugging in a Social Security number. And yes. so many communities, uh, like the undocumented community that they're afraid and they don't have a social security number, they don't have access to it. And so mm -hmm. anyway, I'm really happy that Pima County is thinking of like roving um, vaccination um, sites to take the vaccination directly to the people. Um, also, I, I, uh, I and my colleagues on the council suggested that we could possibly use the El Pueblo Activity Center where, where we have been doing yeah. testing. Uh, and do that as well. So, I mean, uh, I'm more than happy to um, to be able to offer to Pima County the um, the possibility of of uh, using our spaces in in the city of Tucson that are not that are not working. Right there. 
Yeah, I think the biggest issue is really access to the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's frustrating is that we were told by the Arizona Department of Health Services that we were getting cut 5,000 vaccines. And during the meeting, during the meeting, um, we get a little notice that, well, we're going to have 4,600 coming over what they'd initially um, projected. I think to me, that's some of the frustration because there's no accountability. We have to show both the city and the county, we have to show where every CARES dollar is being spent, where all of our resources are going, but the state doesn't have to do that. And that's why I feel like we are going to get penalized as a community if the state doesn't start being more transparent about what they're doing with those funds that have come from the federal government to support these initiatives. Um, the other that frustrated me was, you know, we were, it was like a Sophie's choice. Like we have to decide whether we're going to do testing or we're going to do vaccine because we're running out of money. Yeah. And then at really, it was what, five minutes before the meeting ended, we got a press release saying, oh, by the way, Pima County's getting 4.3 million for specifically for vaccine testing. Like, why do we have to get to the point where we're threatening and letting our community know it's not it's not an empty threat. It's like, I just want to let you guys know, starting Monday, we're not going to have vaccine testing. Oh, wait, here's a little bit of money to keep you going through March 3rd. It just, it, it's so frustrating, that whole process. Yeah, um, yeah. what you were, were, were contemplating and, you know, the county administrator suggested to you, like you said, it, it wasn't a threat. It was just, hey, we don't have any money. We can't do this. And I, I think it really added some pressure to the governor um, to be able to respond to Pima County, right? That's something that um, that many people south of the Gila River are concerned about in terms of, are we Pima County in Southern Arizona, are, be, are we being treated fairly? Are we receiving the appropriate amount of vaccines? Are we getting the appropriate amount of funds so that we can test? In, P- in Maricopa County, we had heard that the state was providing the testing yes. uh, for Maricopa residents. And in Pima County, it all fell on the on the feet of Pima County government. Right. That's not good for me as the mayor of the city of Tucson because you are our, our the city of Tucson's health department. Absolutely. And so, um, anyways, it's um, it's interesting. I'm I'm so happy that um, that there are some additional funds coming into Pima County, and and you know that we can continue serving the the health um, needs of, of our community. Yeah. I think that we have to help people understand what can we do at the, at our level to encourage, put pressure on the state and how can people help? And so I keep encouraging, I had a meeting with, um, the Southern Arizona, some real realtors group here in Tucson. And I'm like, you guys have a lobbyist because you're part of a bigger organization. Put pressure because really it's those those occupations that are in the middle of, um, they're not first responders, they're not essential in that regard, but they're still going out every day and showing houses because housing is a big issue. We need people to be able to buy homes. You have to go down to the assessors in order to you know, submit any paperwork before you can get keys. I mean, some of these functions, you must handhold all the way through the process. You physically have to go in to do these things and we have to protect those people too because they're working with so many. Um, One question came from Kurt. says, does Marital Meadow have any thoughts on the possibility of events like the Tucson Book Fair, 4th Avenue Street Fair happening in the fall? If If you had like a, you know, a wish list. I know that those would be on them because those are amazing. Yeah. And one, they, they generate so much income. They really are like bring our community together. They bring people to help, to us to really appreciate all we have. But well, and you answer that. There's such events, right? There's such a part of our of our culture as Tucsonans. Yeah. Um, it hurt our pocketbook, but also our our sense of of community when we had to when we saw the the Gem Show canceled, 
it was so painful because it, economically speaking that the gem show brings millions and millions of dollars to our small businesses and restaurants to our local hotels and really to the coffers of the city of tucson uh so i'm hoping you know i'm 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 gonna follow the advice of public health experts and the cdc in terms of the Fourth Avenue Street Fair, Tucson Meet Yourself, oh. um, you know, and, and all of these, the book fair and all the mariachi conference. Yeah. Conference. <laughs> you know, our babies are our babies are our mariachi babies. Um, and so we miss we are missing we are missing people. We are missing our our celebrations, we are missing our gatherings, our culture, our arts. Um, and so we're, I'm hoping that in the fall we could have some semblance of, of these events returning to our community. I hope so too. We're, we're talking right now about reopening of schools. And so a lot of school districts have opened, but TUSD has stayed remote. And so now what we're talking about is teachers return to campus on March 22nd. And depending on whether you're K through five student or a six through 12 student that you're gonna start on the 24th or 25th of March. Um, I have a lot of concerns about that. Um, I have to tell you because so many in our community, especially those that are working for the city and the county, are working from home because they're supporting their children in this learning environment. When that's not an issue anymore, and they're sort of called back to work, or maybe feel like, okay, well, I don't have this, you know, I, I can go back to work now. Now you're really exposing everybody. You're, these babies are not vaccinated. And so the hope is that, you know, the spread is lower. I mean, we've all acknowledged and that's a really good thing, but it's still higher than it can be for us to eat in a restaurant. So I do have a lot of concern about, you know, we, we have these concerns and I know we both talk about them because, you know, we have children that are very different from each other in the same household raised by the same parents. And, you know, some are like, you really have to get back to school <laughs> and others are doing okay. Um, and so, you know, we're pulled in a lot of different directions because these public health decisions that are gonna impact both of our organizations and I'm on the governing board for one of them for TUSD, but we, we also are conflicted because we know for our own kids, it could be beneficial, but you, there's so much to worry about. There's, that's a lot on, on our mm -hmm. It is for me. And by the way, I wanted to ask you how you felt about uh, serving on the on the two on the two um, boards. But you know, I've I've always um, I'm a TUSD mom, and so my babies are in TUSD. And one of them, my daughter Luciana, um, she has you know, she's done really well with online school. She has a great teacher as well as my, as well as my son Emiliano, who's a freshman and at Tucson High. But Luciana- I can't believe you're the mom of a high school student. Just throwing that out there. It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, and, you know, he's the only one that's gaining on age. Um, I'm <laughs> just saying. Um, Luciana has done great and mm -hmm. she's thrived. And Emiliano, on the other hand, uh, is, you know, hasn't hasn't really, um, I think it's his socializing because he depends so much on on his friendships uh, to help mm -hmm. him go and not seeing his friends. He's, uh, my poor baby, he's pretty much done with his parents and we <laughs> want him to go back. <laughs> well, but also he's very active in sports and really all about teamwork and yeah. Um, you know, I think for our children who are really social and ne you need that. And I know that I personally have, it's been very difficult to, you know, how many times can you have like a comadre chit chat on Zoom before it, you know, we can't be there for each other for the, the good times or bad times. You know, we've had people that have passed away in our lives. We can't be there for our friends and our family. It's just been really hard um we, we births. i mean from all of the times that you know you need a hug those are hard that that's been incredibly difficult for a lot of us i know yeah and you know for emiliano it's he 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 thrives on that he he really needs that 
And it's, you know, it's, it's really sad to, you know, see them a little on the depressed side to missing that, you know, yeah. miss, missing that in person. So, you know, Luciana could stay, stay at home, but Emiliano, I think would, I would choose for him something different. If Yeah, but she also misses her friends too. I know that her and Adelina are texting all the time. All the Milagro kids are like, when are we ever going to practice? Like, I don't know. I wish I had. Don't you wish you just had like a crystal ball where you could tell them on this date, it will happen. Um, yeah. Our new representative, so happy that she's there. Stephanie Stahl Hamilton sent a question. And where do we stand with housing assistance for both tenants and landlords? Will Tucson and Pima County be able to weather the next steps when the eviction moratorium ends? Uh, yes, I, I think that the city of Tucson, the city of Tucson is the housing agency uh, responsible for the city of Tucson and Pima County. We actually help support Pima County, um, anything housing. Uh, just as Pima County is our workforce development agency for the city of Tucson. So we share actually, the county and the city share a lot of responsibilities for each other. And so um, thank goodness the city of Tucson, when we started the pandemic, we were in a very, very healthy financial place. The federal CARES money that came in, um, we put out, the city of Tucson received uh, $95 million. And out of those 95, we put out $75 million into the community for workers and families in whatever they needed to do for small businesses in small business grants, for nonprofits, for arts and cultures and entertainment venue, and for housing and eviction prevention and utility assistance. So, um, millions of dollars have gone in. We're hoping that the Biden administration's bill, um, COVID relief bill, the $1.9 trillion has money directly for counties and cities. Because as we've seen, if uh, the money is sent directly to the state, depending on who the governor is, uh, that governor decides where they send them the funds. And that's really difficult for cities and counties like Pima County and the city of Tucson, who have sometimes been the red headed stepchild of the state. Yes. It's and true. So it is. And so hopefully um, we're in a, in a good place, but the time is ticking on those funds evaporating and the bills coming due in utilities and the bills coming due in mortgages and rent. And so yeah. we really do seriously need that $1.9 trillion of the federal government assistant directly to jurisdictions. Yeah. You know, um, I did have an opportunity to meet with some um, property management people, people that own, um, you know, landlords that are really struggling with this moratorium because you know they feel like their tenants, if, if they choose not to access these funds that are available, there's no recourse for them. But what I keep trying to remind people is that right now you have to access those funds. The amount that you owe isn't going away. It's not evaporating. And what's gonna happen is that people that are not accessing these resources are gonna end up with a lot of judgments, which is gonna make it incredibly difficult for you to get housing after this is over. It is going to come to an end, but while you're here, work with your landlords and management companies. Everyone that I talked to said 98% of their tenants are doing everything they can to get access to your resources to pay what they know they owe in rent. Yeah, But for that small percentage that feel, I think that, you know, this is sort of evaporates that responsibility that you don't have to pay rent because there's a moratorium. That's not true. No. And, and I'm really worried about that impact. Well, and there's funds there. Pima County and the city of Tucson still has some available funds for rent and utility assistance. And I... I have to make sure that I encourage people to, if you know someone that is concerned about the rent or the utilities, have them apply for these funds because these funds are helping both the landlord and the tenant. 
Absolutely. And, so, and, and when it comes to utilities, it's helping the utility company and, and the user. And so um, that was happening to us at Tucson Water. We, we run that utility as well as trash pickup. And people just don't call. They just don't call. They hear there's a moratorium and they just say, oh, okay, I don't have to. I don't have to, right. But, it, but we had like a $9 million uh, debt of people not paying their water utilities. And so what we had to do at the mayor and council level is say, hey, we're going to have to start telling people that if they don't find an arrangement in the next 60 days, we are going to have to start locking their water. And so we don't want to do that. It's no right. time to do that. But you have to call and let us know what's happening in your life. Communicate. <laughs> and 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 we are we're you know if if someone has lost their job, if they don't have a job, if they're you know in 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 uh, in legitimate problems, not being able to pay, we're gonna find you a program to help pay for for your utilities or we can put you in a payment plan or both. So uh, we just need you to communicate with Tucson Water as to what's happening to you and we'll find a solution. You know what I was really happy about during the meeting that you said is that all of the programs for the city of Tucson are also helping to support South Tucson. Yes. Which I think yes. is great. So all of the eviction um, relief, you know, utilities, rental assistance, all of that is also supporting um, the city of South Tucson. Absolutely. We, we made a very conscious decision of including South Tucson residents in all of the programs that we created, including the small business program and the nonprofit program, um, because we understand how important the residents of South Tucson are and what the need is there. And so we were unanimous the you know Mary, we were unanimous in 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 extending the hand to the residents of South uh, Tucson and the workers and families in the rent and utility and all of the programs we had access to yeah i think that um what i i really hope we do i'm going to put it on the agenda in like 3 months and see what happens but i do think that as we continue to work um, to recover from the pandemic and our numbers continue to get lower, we have to collaborate and work together on what we're going to do in regards to reopening some businesses that have been closed, um, to looking at how we can work together because the funds that we have access to are not limitless. <laughs> we have There's going to be a lot of significant issues as it relates to how the sales tax and lack of, you know, um, business from tourists. I mean, all of that stuff is eventually going to catch up. And so we have to work together in order to do um, what we can for our community. Well, that's what's so exciting for me about having you and you know the new members as well as the other uh, members on the Board of Supervisors. It's just three new members. It's, it's a it's a different um, it's a it's a it's a different mentality in terms of what you bring, a renewed um, spirit of reimagining our relationship as a county and the city and programs and how we deliver services to our residents. So I'm looking forward to talk about, like, besides the preschool stuff, like transportation and parks and, you know, how do we do Permitting and courts. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that I think we can collaborate on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, and that's what's interesting that one of the questions you asked before is like, what's it like to be on both boards? And it's so funny because on one board, I'm like the veteran. Everyone reminds me I'm the oldest and the veteran. I'm like, thank you for highlighting. So 19 years on the TUSD board. And we have these three new board members that are asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And I think because I'm on the other, my other hat that I wear on the Pima County Board of Supervisors, I'm one of three new members. I appreciate, I think I'm a lot more patient and understanding and not getting defensive when the new board members on TUSD are asking, well, why are we doing it this way? Mm -hmm. Because 
the questions that they ask, I'm asking on the other end. Like I just, it's one of those seek to understand. Like I want to understand the system because if I don't understand it, I don't want to, I don't want to suggest changes until I understand what, why things are done the way they're done. And then maybe I can suggest some streamlined efforts. <laughs> but no. until then, you know, we can't. What a great opportunity that you have that you are going through the same experience that your new uh, school board members are are experience, experiencing. So it's it's really it's really wonderful to have you both at TUSD and the Board of Supervisors, especially because you know. I don't know if people know this, but we are comadres. Adelita um, is is Nina to my daughter Luciana, and uh, we've known each other for such a long time that you know it, it's really it's really I trust a hundred percent your decision making in TUSD and at the Board of Supervisors. And with the former relationship that we have, me as mayor and you on the board, um, we could really poke at each other like, what are you guys doing this? You know, why are you doing well? And I do think though, because we have, you know, I don't know. Um, I always, when I call you, we're calling, like, we're talking to each other at nine o'clock at night. It's like, what are you doing? Folding laundry. What are you doing? Doing dishes. What are you doing? I mean, it's like with all of the other responsibilities of being a mom and a wife are still there. It's not like anybody's doing that stuff for us. And so um, every time I see people at the grocery store, they seem surprised. I'm like, I have three kids and a husband. We, yeah, we gotta eat. <laughs> you gotta eat. I know. I do miss our trips to Ross. Those are the, there's some little things that I'm like, when this is over, I just want to walk around and people watch. Like that's, I really do. I know it, the, the being able to like, even on our, even like fiestas, right. Even like yeah. the kids' birthdays, even the, um, I know that you had a really different type of, um, campaign in, in 2020. And so yeah. even those, right. Even the ability to go in and hug everyone and hang out and have bagels in the morning and, and then go canvas, um, big election night party, big inaugural. We miss that for you. We, and we miss so, that so much. Uh, oh my God. A, you know, I mean, I hope we don't have to do this for a long time, but I, you know, we're not there yet. We're, we're getting better. And I think a lot of it is where we have a strict mask mandate and both the city and the county are really pushing that. Um, I think that that's making a difference. I do think people are looking at where they are in the queue. You know, we're serving 1B right now, so 65 and older. And then every all of the other groups, the first responders, teachers, anyone working um, with children in those environments, you're all a priority. So all of those people are continuing to register and you start to look at, well, maybe I only have to hold on for like three more weeks or four more weeks. And, yeah. and I do think it helps because having a timeline would just be so helpful for so many people. Cause you know, my husband was joking. Like, I just want to go to the gym. I said, like, you better, you have probably like three weeks to wait. Can you wait for three weeks to go to the gym? He's like, you've been waiting a year and a half. Come on. I think you're okay. Go watch two months. <laughs> um, so, you know, in our community, and I know um, we both talk to a lot of the same constituents, work with a lot of the same people, and there is a big disparity and um, equity in representation for testing, for vaccines. Aside from doing more of these pop-ups, how can we encourage community members to wave the flag to let people know we're here and we need that kind of help too? I think that um, you have amazingly responsive, the community has amazingly responsive, you know, elected officials from every level. We're very lucky in Pima County and in Tucson to have really super responsive elected officials uh, from the federal government with your dad, Congressman Grijalva, uh, to, you know, to Pima County with you and Matt and everyone on the Board of Supervisors, as well as the mayor and council, uh, being able to let um, your elected officials know what you're thinking and feeling 
And raising up the flag and saying, hey, we need help over here is something that we listen to. Uh, one thing that virtual meetings kind of uh, removed at the beginning was were called to the audience. Mm -hmm. And we, the mayor and council, started requesting from our clerk that he put the call to the audience back into those meetings because we need to hear what the community is going through and the, what, what the community needs are. Um, yeah. be amazed what an email does to my office, what a call to my office does, what a call to the audience does um, in terms of bringing issues to, to, uh, to the forefront of what you need. I can imagine you do the same thing and as well as as well as the other council offices and board of supervisors do but that's that's the best way of of uh, being able to bring something to the forefront that is um and, and i have to say state legislators are also super helpful in terms of the the delegation from southern arizona yeah um, you're very lucky we are so um my <laughs> Welcome to my life. I let my kid use my laptop, so I have to connect. So while we're waiting um, and while I go and get my my plug, can you talk a little bit about how um, we're going to be able to really recover as far as economic development I'm from the city? And then I'm listening, and so I'll get you from that on the county. End. Well, on the city side, um, that's why it's so important that we that we continue doing all of the mitigation strategies that we have practiced with the last year, right? Wearing a mask, actually, as a matter of fact, the CDC says that we should double mask, um, making sure that we, um, that we socially distance, that we wash our hands constantly, that we, um, that we really try and stay as much as we possibly can and run errands home, those mitigation strategies are, are going to do a few things. One, um, they're going to bring down the cases of COVID in our community. We can send our kids back to school more safely. And two, we can start opening up our restaurants and our small businesses that have suffered so much during this pandemic. So bringing down COVID cases is good for our economy. And that is something, um, uh, Adelita, that, I, that I, I've kept saying from the very beginning of this pandemic, the mask wearing, as difficult as it is for some, it is good for our economy. The more we put it on and we double mask, the better for our children, the better for our economy. So I'm hoping that we can continue supporting our small businesses, our entertainment venues, our, you know, our, our restaurants. Um, and one of the biggest question marks is, when will we, the county and the city, receive funds from the federal government so we can distribute out into our community? The yeah. more funds we put out into our community, the more the economy keeps moving. And so for our recovery, we need to make sure that we're listening to the realtors and our restaurateurs and our small businesses to see what they need. What are the gaps that we, the city and the county need to fill? to mm -hmm. help. Yeah, I agree. And I do think that we have a real unique opportunity in that there are some lessons and some takeaways from this pandemic that um, it really highlighted the disparities in our community. And so you mentioned it when we were doing, you know, we went to virtual school and so many in Tucson Unified. And I talked to the superintendent in Sunnyside and Mr. Holmes said the same thing. It's how many didn't have the resources that they needed. And TUSD was in a real big deficit, same with Amphi and Flowing Wells. And so once we've been able to bridge that gap and make sure that they had internet access, that they had a device they could use, because when school started, some people were using their cell phones like to try to do school. And I mean, we were trying to work on a, on a, on a phone with no internet. I mean, you know, doing hotspots all over the house. Those initiatives that you at the city have really started, I think um, are really important for us to increase the broadband capacity and to really target neighborhoods that 
don't have those resources. That's what I think we have so many lessons from what has happened um, in our community uh, when our community had to shut down that there's so many takeaways that I really feel like we can recover from this better, better yeah. than we did before. Well, we were lucky to receive those direct funds from the federal government in the first package for, for COVID. And we invested $9 million in expanding uh, capacity and availability of Wi-Fi. And we were able to uh, partner with AM5 Flowing Wells, TUSD, and Sunnyside, where we see those Wi-Fi uh, mm -hmm. gaps and be able to provide Wi-Fi to, um, to families in TUSD and Sunnyside. And so the city of Tucson invested in our Wi-Fi capacity in order to help the families and children in those school districts that didn't have that capacity. And it was, again, a partnership. And it's a great investment for the city of Tucson because we keep our babies and their families going and safe at their at their house. And so it's just the same way that TUSD said, we're gonna have to purchase laptops and put them in the hands of the family so that they could do their work. And the Wi-Fi for the laptops and the Wi-Fi, that is an amazing partnership. And for me as the mayor, I know that education um, made the difference in my life. I'm a public education baby. From me too. From K to college at the University of Arizona. And for me, you know, receiving that education and that degree from the U of A really changed my economic life. And it really did for my husband and it really did for for my family, you know, that my sisters, I was the first one to graduate from college, but not the last. Not the last. Not the last. And so um, I understand firsthand what good quality public education is for the economy of a person, of a family, and in turn of my community, of our community. And I think it's that sort of our life experiences that are pushing a lot of these um, conversations that we're having about policy and about what the role of government is in our community. I know that we we have a lot of really specific questions that are coming through and we don't we only have like three minutes left. I know it's going to go super fast. But one of the things that um, we're going to need to focus on is, you know, we lost a lot of businesses that were like home for us. And Indio was a home for our family. They pretty sure we ate there at least three times a month. Um, There's so many of those communities and so many business owners that had to shut down because of um, preschool programs that had to shut down after school programs that, you know, are just trying to figure out funding. And so there's so many opportunities for us to be able to work collaboratively. So I'm so glad that we're able to kind of give our community a little bit of a summary of what we it's like the first step and we have so many more to go and I'm just um, very grateful for your leadership and friendship and um, I just think that it is our life experiences and and the fact that we're still listening to people we we talk to people all the time people give us feedback sometimes whether we want to hear it or not <laughs> our family conversations and you know I get calls from my sister well what are you doing about this I'm sure you have the same um you know being the baby of a lot of, a lot of people in the family um you know they they do talk to us and and we I think we really uniquely understand the situation that a lot of our community um are going through and and know what we have to do to continue to work hard we know what it is to work hard. Our parents and, and grandparents taught us that too. Oh yeah, they taught us that. And I mean, that's the, the guiding principles which my my mom and dad, you know, raised us on, right? It's the value of hard work and dedication and honesty and, you know, and, and being able to uh, know exactly. This is something my dad always told us. Um, you have to remember where you come from to know where you're going. And so that's a value that I teach my kids and, and I have in me. And I'm so excited about yeah. <laughs> So I'm really excited about 
all of the partnership and you know good work that we can do together it's really i am too i want to encourage everyone if you have questions about testing or anything to please visit pima.gov backslash covid19 that both the city and the county are going to be creating a document that you can very easily print or look at that will have all of the resources. That was another nice takeaway from the end of the meeting that we have to make sure that people can, we try to make it as easy as possible to navigate the system that is not so easy. Um, I wanna thank you, Comadre and Mayor Romero for being here. Um, I really appreciate your time and thank you for all your hard work. Thank you, Comadre, I really appreciate it. And I love these platicas. Thank you for inviting me and uh, looking forward to our continued partnership and friendship. I know. Me too. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. Me Thanks too. for joining us. Thank you.